The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and today we're breaking down DFS purposes for the Rocket Mortgage Classic. We'll talk a little bit of betting. And as he does every week, joining me, it's Greg Ducharme. Greg, Rocket Mortgage Classic, your first first word that comes to mind. Oh man, I, I didn't see I didn't see that coming. You stumped me. I was, I was gonna say exciting, but I feel like I say that every single week. I, I am genuinely excited, but um we have a it's almost like we have a little bit of a break. The field is um less than it has been, so to speak. And now it feels like we're kind of in a regular swing, which I like. The players are gonna get into more of a, a regulated schedule. And uh, I'm I'm excited to see what happens and I'm excited to see kind of a more normal looking PGA tour field this week. I think I would have said new because this is one of the two new events they added last year, right? Is this in three M were the two That's that right. they added to the schedule. So this is only the second year. So when we normally talk course history or event history, like there basically isn't Nate, Nate, Nate Lashley is the one and only champion of this event, which, Oh, by the way, I think we were talking about this the other night. This is the week that no one won any money thanks to Nate Lashley last week. Because well, I wouldn't say no one. Well, true, but he <laughs> the books did. Uh, he so he, I think he Monday qualified or got added late. I can't remember which one, but he was definitely late into the field. And a lot of books did not even offer him as a betting option. The ones that did, he was like five hundred to one or something like that. Uh, he was not in the DraftKings player pool. So the winning lineups did not have Nate Lashley in them. And of course he goes wire to wire, which means you couldn't have even have cashed a first round leader bet. Like this was literally a clean sweep for books last year. It, it was a crazy event. Not only did he win, he won, like you said, wire to wire. And by six, he dominated. It, it was what, what a great story too. I was really, you know, there was a lot of discussion last year about Nate Lashley, which was fun, but of course it, he can't defend, right? No. Uh, if you want to see us, wave, Greg. We're on YouTube. There you go. We're waving right now. We're on YouTube. Uh, the First Cut Pod on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at First Cut Pod. I saw someone commented on our latest YouTube video. Matt Ludwig said, DJ doing DJ stuff should be a t-shirt. I think I agree with that. We need t-shirts made up. Well, we got we have one T-shirt as a as a team, which is a pretty good one. Um, and I'll just leave it at if you know, you know. I'm a, I'm okay with DJ doing DJ stuff. That's a great T-shirt. Deep, deep, deep tees. We uh we might have some merch on the way in the future. Wow, deep tees. There you go. There That's there might be me. a system. There might be a system in place to have merchandise. Deep tees, though. There you go. Well, Matt, Q, Q1 2023. 
your q1 point uh your dream might come true matt ludwig we might have merch at some point in the not so near future i guess we'll wait and see on that but we won't wait and see on the rocket mortgage classic for this week full 156 player field greg top 65 and ties making the cut detroit golf club uh, par 72, 7,300 yards, bent grass, greens. I'm trying to remember Detroit Golf Club. Um, if I remember last year, the rough was not very penal, obviously. True. Is that right? Yep, that's true. Now, now early reports from the course uh, said it's a little bit higher this year. And also with the lack of grandstands and where galleries would have trampled it down, it appears... Uh, the rough might actually be a little bit thicker this time around. So I remember it being uh, somewhat tree lined with some smaller greens. Um, the rough look rough is something on the PGA tour where there's a point where it becomes a problem, but you, you got to make it really long. I mean, think back to the BMW championship last year at Medina, the rough was pretty healthy in its length. I mean, it was serious rough and it, it didn't, it didn't really matter. These guys, the, the thing that's the most important is how firm are the greens? If the greens are really firm and you have rough, now it presents a real challenge. You can't spin it. You can't keep it on the green. And, and getting it to stay on the green because of the distance control becomes a real problem. When the greens are soft, it becomes a little more of a dartboard. And, and these players are so strong, they can use trajectory to stop it on the green. So I look at rough in some, in some cases, some instances, but I'm still, I'm not thinking it's going to be a, a real, real penalty this week. First tee time, uh, Thursday, 7 a.m. Eastern. It is going to be another early week for me, I think. Oh my goodness, 7 a.m. We got to get these guys on the West Coast. Um, if you like what you're hearing and you want more of these episodes, make sure to tell a friend. Tell them you're listening to the First Cut Podcast. Leave an Apple Podcast rating and review. That is our currency. Mark Immelman's currency, FedEx Cut Points. Our currency here on the pod. Ratings and reviews, right, Greg? That stuff helps. Help us out. There you go. Uh, drop a question and we'll answer it. And here's a question uh, that we'll answer off the bat here, talking about people who might be dipping their toes into DFS for the first time. Greg, you alluded to this. The field is not what we've seen the first three weeks. We've got three of the top 10 players here. We have, I think, four, maybe, I think, of the top 20. Five, I think. I'm looking at it right now. Five. Um so first of all, this is kind of like that natural resting point for the top players as they start to gear up for Memorial and, and everything else that's going to be coming our way. But for DFS purposes, a lot of new names, right? Like, like, I guess try to frame what value looks like now, because a lot of guys that were valuable and $7,000 a week or two ago are now like 8,900. Yeah, it, uh, it, which definitely presents a challenge. So you're what that means, you're going to be taking risk. We say it a lot here on the pod, embrace the volatility, embrace the risk, take a chance on a guy. Uh, and also, it doesn't hurt to play multiple lineups. Maybe you play a little uh, lower value and get more, get, get more lineups out there. That can definitely help you in certain games. So uh, I, I'm embracing the risk this week. Do you, do you feel like this may be a good uh, stars and scrubs kind of a week? So that's interesting because, um, so, okay, let's compare this to last week where we had, I guess by the time we started seven out of the world's top 10, basically like 15 out of the top 20, something like that. And there were so many guys who had what we would describe as win equity, right? Guys that can actually right. win a golf tournament is, is much more spread out this week. You would argue it is a much more concentrated group of players 
at the top that eat up a large portion of the win equity. So yes, this would be a, a good, in theory, stars and scrubs situation. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm headed. And in some cases, you're going to kind of be forced to do it. You don't have that kind of average middle ground range. I mean, the past couple of weeks, if you wanted to, you could play a pretty solid lineup starting in the $9,000 range uh, and build a, a kind of a, a tight somewhere between nine and, and $7,000 range for a lineup. And you could build a really solid lineup with names, you know, so it makes you feel warm and fuzzy, makes you feel a little comfortable this week. If you're going to win, if you're going to win in DraftKings, you're probably not going to be really familiar with everybody on your team and you got to embrace that. So uh, when you're doing your research and we'll try to give you as much as we can today, but try to find something as I call it to hang your hat on, try to find a guy who's a particularly good iron player. And maybe this is a week where a guy who's a really good putter can stand out uh, and shine for you. So those are the kind of things that we're looking for this week. Embrace the risk. The absolute optimal lineup from last week. So this is not the lineup that won the million bucks. There, this this lineup I'm about to tell you was better than that. The absolute best lineup you could have ever have played was Dustin Johnson, Mackenzie Hughes, Kevin Streelman, Will Gordon, Brendan Steele, and Ryan Armour. Greg, it spent forty one thousand. $900. It left 8,100 on the table. How, how do you do that? Like, how, how do you do that? Do you ever, do you ever consider going way below 50 in your, in your lineups? How, yes. Like where, where's your line? How, how low, how low can you go? I almost exclusively build under 50,000. Uh, Is like, that because they're so rarely at 50,000, the ideal lineup? So uh, yes, the optimals are like like once a year we'll spend the entire fifty thousand. But so here's my thing: if you spend, you don't have to spend a lot because the vast majority of people spend fifty, forty nine nine, or forty nine eight. Like like ninety three percent of lineups are going to be in that range. If you spend forty nine thousand dollars, forty nine thousand five hundred or less, you are increasing the likelihood that you have a unique lineup. So Greg, you can uh, have you can have the six most popular guys in your lineup, or the or five of them, or four of them. But if you spend forty nine thousand five hundred, you don't have to worry about ownership anymore because you're going to be the only one with that lineup. So it kind of takes out a lot of the. I, I tell newcomers to do this because it takes out a lot of the the biggest issue newcomers have is trying to figure out ownership and trying to figure out if I should play someone who's going to be popular. If you just spend forty nine thousand five hundred, you've re- you can remove all the other questions that you have. So I, I do it almost exclusively. The other thing is too, which and I love that point. You start building your lineup, and you pick a couple of players that you really like, and you're likely if you start at the top, if you start at the north end in the price range, and you get that one star player that you want on your team. I, Bryson DeChambeau is going to win this week. I got to put him on my team. Then what you do is go way down to the bottom and you choose somebody who's going to give you a little more room in the middle. You kind of maybe choose someone a little more random or choose a really uh, a, a long shot to get on your team. And then what I find that a lot of beginners do is they'll say, okay, now they're in that middle range and the player that they want leaves them kind of too far off that 50K range. So they'll they'll change just to get up and they'll just go, well, what, what do I need to max out at 50? And yep. you don't need to stretch. That number is just a, it's simply a limit. It doesn't mean you have to get there. You're not necessarily gaining anything by getting there. And that's evidenced by uh, the optimal lineup last week. And, and most weeks. Yeah. They start to rebuild their entire lineup just so they can spend the full, the full max. Um, another million maker this week. So 
I I'm going to be employing this strategy for the million bucks where I'm going to spend $49,500 or less. Um, but let's get into these guys. Six golfers over $10,000 led by the biggest dog of all Bryson DeChambeau, 11,700 Webb Simpson's a flat 11,000. He's back in the field this week. Terrell Hatton, 10,007 Patrick Reed, 10,005 Hideki's back. 10,002 and Victor Hovland at an even $10,000. Greg, do you have to play Bryson or can you go somewhere else? Well, I do think you can go somewhere else. It's hard to, it's really hard to, the guy has been so consistent. The one question I have with Bryson, and we're going to be asking this, it seems like for the next couple of weeks, when is it too many? Like at what point has he played too many weeks in a row? I, I just, you, you can't play six, eight, 10 weeks in a row. It, that seems crazy at this high level. So what's going to happen first? Is he going to get his victory first or is he going to mm-hmm. see a decline because of fatigue? So I'm a little, honestly, I'm concerned. I, I'm surprised that he's playing this week, to be honest, because the schedule gets really tight. It's really hard to take a week off after this. So I don't know what we're going to get out of Bryce, especially at an end of Memorial where he's won the golf course he likes, and he should be able to really open it up. So I'm interested to see what happens with Bryson. It feels like you've been saying he has to win soon. He's playing too good. He shoots 65 every time he plays. But I'm looking at a guy a little bit down the list in Tyrrell Hatton, who hasn't finished outside the top 16 this year, and he hasn't played a lot. But he's right there in contention every single time he plays. So it, it's hard for me not to play Tyrrell Hatton. I'm, I feel like a guy who's a little more rested, I'm, I'm willing to – uh, forego Bryson for Tyrrell Hatton only because of, of the recent record that he's had. Okay. I love both of these guys. Uh, a couple things on Bryson. So next week is the workday charity open. Is that right? That's right. Okay. So th- you're right. He should have taken off this week because next week it's going to be back to back at Mirfield. Is he going to play six weeks in a row if he plays work? Because a guy like Bryson wants to play workday and then the memorial because you get to see the course for an extra week, right? Like a guy who right. loves data, a guy who loves information. So he should have, unless he's going to play six weeks in a row, which seems like a lot, he's he should have taken off this week and played next. The next. So two. do you think? Do you think he'll take off next week? Take off the first week at Muirfield? I mean, you're not going to take off Memorial, right? He's a past no. champion. It's Jack's tournament, potentially the first tournament with spectators. He's not going to take that one off. So he's, he's 1000% playing the Memorial. Right. So what are we going to get out of work day? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I imagine he has to take it off. I would think, but That's then again, is this, is he building his body so that he can play every single week? Is this a new song JM? I don't know what we're going to get here. It, we're we're going to see that that that's an interesting subplot to all of this. Um, here's what I'm doing. Uh, I, I'm just going to bet Bryson. I'm, I'm going to every Monday, I'm going to open up William Hill and I'm going to bet Bryson. And I don't really have to worry about him in my fantasy lineups anymore. Uh, if he goes out, because here's the thing, when you're 11,700, you have to win the golf tournament. Uh, if he finishes T3, he might not have paid for himself depending on who wins. I, I'm just going to bet him. It's like a, you know, a FOMO bet. Like I'm not going to miss out on this win. Like whenever right. it's coming, I'm going to get it. But now I don't need to shoehorn him into every single one of my lineups. That That's essentially the approach that I'm taking. He's also down. He opened up at seven, seven and a half to one, Greg. He's dropped to seven, dropped to six and a half, 
He's now at six to one on William Hill. I don't know if you can go any lower than that. That's so short. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's crazy for a guy that I mean, I, I know he's been playing great and all, and I know the field is weaker, but he hasn't he hasn't quite gotten it done. Like there's that's almost like a, you got to be guaranteeing victory. So uh, it, it's so hard for me, and I understand what you're saying. Like you you can't miss out on this, but. There's no guarantee. It's so you got to pay so much to get him. That's it. Bryson's in a tough spot because he's gained so much popularity and deservedly so with his great play. It, he's a hard one for me. I, I have a hard time fitting him in. I, I mean, at six to one, I have a hard time betting him to win. But I see yeah. where you're coming from. Yeah. So uh, producer J- producer Jacob says Bryson's odds are shorter than Abe answer. But I'm bumped. Coming from the top rope. Uh, okay, so we'll, we'll move on from Bryson. I could spend six hours on Bryson. Um, Victor Hovland, I think, is... So what I think is interesting is I think lineups get constructed where you either go up and spend for Bryson because everybody thinks the win is coming, or you start at Victor Hovland, which makes your Terrell Hatton even more interesting. But yeah. th- th- this Victor Hovland, man, um, just to kind of put this into perspective, he won at Puerto Rico. He told us his chipping sucked. Literally his words, not mine. He was right statistically like nine straight events leading into the shutdown. He had lost strokes around the green two out of three since then he's gained strokes around the green. I don't know if it's a small sample, if he fixed his bugaboo, if he just kind of plugs that gap, right? Like it was so bad. Just plug that gap a little bit, be as good as you are everywhere else. This kid is unreal. Like you, you want to talk about guys who are due for like, like if I could bet, give me, I don't know the next 10 starts for Bryson and Victor Hovland. Like how many wins are these guys? I I feel like they're just on the verge constantly. So entering last week on the PGA tour season, he was ninth in strokes can approach the green. I'm sorry. Ninth off the tee 24th approach the green. And he's racked up uh, tied 23rd at the Charles Schwab tied 21st at the RBC heritage. I think he ended up at tied 11th last week. It's been kind of steady improvement week to week to week and tied 13th last year at the rocket mortgage. There's so much to love about him. Do you think he's really ready for a win? Is this guy ready to anchor your lineup? He's if if you're going to put him in my anticipation is you're probably not going to get him and Tyrrell Hatton. You're probably, uh, well, you're definitely not going to get Bryson and Victor Hovland. Is he ready to be a, an anchor in your lineup? It's a good question. That's Um, where I fall with him. I'm, I'm in this, Debate. I want him on my team. He's like a guy I circled twice uh, looking at the at the field coming in. And then this price kind of handcuffs me, I feel like. So I, I'm having a hard time with Hovland here just because of his price. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a good question because if he's if he's $10,000, you better win the golf tournament. If he's going to be your first guy in, that's kind of what you're hoping for. Yeah. Unless, uh, you know, unless one of your unless you can get Will Gordon to, to do what <laughs> Will Gordon did. Right. But that's we'll talk about that's him. tough. $9,000 range. The theme of the restart has been this com- compacted 9,000. We've seen like five or six guys here every single week, which is kind of rare. Uh, Sung JM 90. And it's, I feel like it's the same names, by the way. Sung JM 9,800. Ricky Fowler 95. Tony Finau at 93. Bubba's at 92. Kevin Nas at 91. Scotty Scheffler's at 9,000. It is. I, I I could go back and look at last week's salaries. I feel like this could be the same exact like names as we've seen in previous weeks. So it's a fascinating group. And again, you wonder if, if you're going to be able to get any of these guys into your lineup, if you go Bryson. 
So it's probably difficult to do. So this is, it's so interesting because you got like a Scotty Scheffler there who's fascinating. He seems like he's ready for a really big week. And I, I think this golf course, well, look, most golf courses are going to fit his game because he hits it so well. So uh, Scotty definitely raises my interest, but I have a funny feeling uh, about Kevin nine. It comes from the reason I have that funny feeling. Not only did he play really well last week with a T five, um, not only did my boss tell me, uh, Hey, watch out for Kevin. Nah, that's what Michael Breed said. He said, I have a, mm-hmm. I have a funny feeling about Kevin. Nah. So that piques my interest. He's also, he's a really good putter. And this is the kind of tournament where you don't necessarily have to be a great ball striker to, uh, to succeed here. Like when we go to Muirfield, you're going to be looking at guys who are really, really solid tee to green through their entire game. This is a golf course where it's important for the week, but I feel like you may be able to get a, a, a more of a streaky type player. A Kevin Na type player could have a pop-off week here this week. So he's definitely somebody that I'm I'm looking at. I, I would say those are the two that I'm most interested in, uh, Kevin Na and um, and Scotty Scheffler. Kevin Na was one of mine. He, we've talked about before, has legitimate winning upside, which a lot, a lot of right. guys on tour don't. I think he's won now two of his last like 20 starts or something like that. You think he has the most win upside in the group? Yeah. Uh, Maybe Sungjae Sungjae. does. Yeah, maybe Sungjae does. But but yeah, I mean, yeah, his his career has proven that, uh, I think. Now he's he's going to disappoint you a lot, but he is streaky and 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 he's on a good run right now. I think that's fine. You just have to know what you're getting when you and and Kevin Na is Kevin Na is very on brand. He's either going to be like top five or he's going to miss the cut. And question is, can he do it twice in two weeks in a row? Like was last week, his really hot week, or is he rounding into form? That's, that's kind of the difficulty where we, we go back to this, like, uh, this recency bias for golfers. That's so negative. So, so if you, if you want to kind of flip that script, then you look at Sungjae, who's 98 missed the cut at RBC 58th at the travelers. Like I assume, I assume most people will opt to skip on Sungjae, not only because he's the most expensive, but because they can go get Kevin Na, Scotty Scheffler, someone else at the bottom of this range, because we haven't seen Sungjae play as well recently. I really, I really have a feeling that this group is going to get left out in a lot of lineups. Me too. I mean, it may be popular, but if, if Bryson's as popular as he probably should be, I think this 9,000 group gets it gets left out a lot. Don't you don't, don't you think at 11, seven, can you fit him in there? Here's what I think happens a lot, especially in a week like this, where there is probably 60% of the field that a lot of people have never heard of that they opt. They are almost forced to do balanced builds because people don't want to pick guys. They don't know. So they're either going to do like Bryson and what like, Oh, I read something or I heard somebody say so-and-so at 6,200. And then they're going to go with four other guys that they know. Or they're just going to be like, okay, um, you know, Victor Hovland. Uh, I mean, they play like Brian Harmon, Brant Snedeker, like names that they've heard of. I think, right. I think these fields tend to make more balanced builds because people don't want to play ones they don't know. Well, it's very interesting. I kind of, I kind of like that. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very interesting group. It, it's uh, how about the? Go you, ahead. You've got, you've got the, the two, the two guys that can't win, Fowler and Finau. They're like the same. They're, they're two hundred bucks apart. They're Ricky's going through swing changes. Looks terrible. Tony missed the cut last week. Uh, what are we? Are we just completely moving on from these two? Yeah, I have I have more trust in Tony than I do Ricky. I, yeah. I think Tony is truly. I, I really I think so highly of him. 
I know the win equity is really low. I would consider playing him in a lineup just about any week. But he's the the problem this week is he's one of those guys that you know, right? Everybody knows Tony Finau. Everybody knows Ricky Fowler. So on that theory that you just mentioned, um, if you can fit it in there, right? If you maybe, maybe guys come off of Bryson, maybe guys go with a Victor Hovland and then and then load up with a, a Finau or a Fowler because it's comfortable, right? It's warm and fuzzy. You know what I always meant to do? I always meant to run the numbers for like the week that you are required to play because of your sponsorships. Like, like the RBC guys, how do they do at the RBC events? Like they're like, some of these guys are only showing up because their sponsor obligations, right? This is Ricky Fowler as the rocket mortgage ambassador, right? That's why that's like, certainly why, why he's here. Um, like, is this like, you know what I mean? Like there, there's more that goes into it this week for, for this, some of those guys that have other commitments. Yeah, I think RBC is probably the most common. One, we have two events. Two, they have a lot of guys that they that they sponsor out on tour. So yeah. it would be very interesting to see. Um, I, I think of you know what I think happens with the with the sponsors kind of situations is they learn to fall in love with the event. They're a part of it. They support it. They get um, great treatment when they go there. The fans seem to appreciate them, and it's a really positive experience. I think that's what you see with the Webb Simpson at the RBC Heritage. He's an RBC yeah. guy. Brant Snedeker, much the same. Um, we've seen we've seen these guys have success at the RBC Canadian Open as well. I, yeah. I think you you really learn to appreciate the event, and and you you enjoy it. So I don't look at that as necessarily a negative. Sometimes maybe they have too many other obligations, but in general, I think it becomes a positive. This one is different because it's the second year. So if you're Ricky Fowler, you haven't had a chance to really fall in love with the event yet. You haven't had a chance. And then add in the fact that there's no spectators this year. There's a lot of unique circumstances. You haven't really gotten a flavor for what the Rocket Mortgage Classic is all about. And eventually he probably will. I dig it. Okay, um, I want to get into the $8,000 range, which has so much greatness in it. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for for our listeners. Uh, First time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up 
to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking a, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. And we're back. $8,000 range on DraftKings. Oh, mama. This is where I, I've got two, maybe three guys circled that I think will be in a lot of my lineups. It starts with Harris English at 89, which, oh, by the way, don't play him. Uh, he just tested positive for COVID-19. He has withdrawn. Do not play. Here's the tip of the week. Do not play Harris English in your DraftKings lineups. Uh, you will get zero points in yeah. return for that. He's my number one fade as well. <laughs> yeah, that's an easy one. Um, Rory Sabatini, 8,800. JT Poston, 87. Jason Day's here. Doc Redmond, Lucas Glover. Love saying this name. Christian Bazoidenhut, Adam Hadwin, and Rafa Cabrera-Bello. Oh, and Eric Van Ruin. These are all the best names to say, first of all, in this group. Yeah, um, I really like uh, I, I like Eric. What, how does Mark tell us to say it? Van Ruin? Eric Van Ruin. Eric Van, Van Ruin. Yeah, I can't quite roll the R like that. But, <laughs> I don't know if you're supposed uh, to. You probably know him as Eric Van Ruin. Well, that's how they tend to say it on the telecast. So yeah. I, I like him this week. I think he's definitely a solid play. Adam Hadwin's that guy that you're, you kind of know and you're familiar with. And I've had some good feelings about him in earlier weeks, and he's kind of let me down a little bit. So I think I'm going to stay away from him. Um, but, and this is going to make Jacob happy, Rory Sabatini. I mean, tied third last year. He's a he's a big play for me in this range. Um, and I, I think he kind of, at, at that high price point, at the upper end of the 8K, he's going to be a nice, if you have to come off that 9K, like I talked about earlier, he's a nice spot there. And um, and he's got a great record here. One tournament, T3. I don't know if that's too much to look into, but he's playing great golf as well. Can I tell you, um, I was going to pander to producer Jacob too, because I also like Rory Sabatini. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so since the restart, finished 14th at the Charles Schwab Challenge, 21st at the RBC Heritage. At the RBC Heritage, he gained strokes in all four major strokes gained categories. And of course, as you mentioned, Greg, the third place finish at the only, the only edition of the Rocket Mortgage Classic. So I think we're on board with that. Let me present to you uh, the potential winner of this event. And his name is Doc Redman. Yep. He is $8,500. Okay. So if someone said to me, if you're playing golf, like fantasy golf, what, what are you looking for? And I said, okay, I want like the most basic, the most basic strategy is get guys that are playing well now and get guys that have played well at this course in the past and find those trends that converge. Well, here they are. Doc Redman, uh, second place finish here last year, his best finish as a professional. That's point one. Point number two, last week, uh, hold on, let me go back two weeks. RBC Heritage, he was 13th in strokes gained teetering, 13th 
in that field. And if you only count from Friday to Sunday, he was like fourth. Last week, strokes gained T to green for the entire week. Third. So you're talking about the last seven rounds he's played on tour in two stacked fields. He's been one of the top three or four best T to green players. Greg, sign me up. Yeah, I just wonder, like, is is it a trap? It's too. It's almost like too good to be true. And this is the thing we battle. Like, you're going to pick Nate Lashley this week? No way, right? Because he, he won last year. It, it, it can't be that simple where the guy who won last week, last year is going to win again this year. But for Doc, I mean, and, and the other thing that I like about him is it's been kind of a steady trend upwards, tied 58, tied 21st, tied 11th in the past three events. Um, the, the one caveat, he, he, this is how he got his PGA Tour card last year. He, he did the same thing Will Gordon did when he came in second place. He was able to earn enough points to get that spot. Now, he has popped up. He put, tied 13th at the Houston Open, um, you know, and again, tied 11th last week. So he has had some nice finishes on tour. I just wonder if it's too good to be true. That's literally, that's the only thing holding me back on Doc Redman, but I, I do think he's a, he's a must play. Okay, so if you end up deciding it's too good to be true, let me offer you Doc Redman light, uh, Lucas Glover, who's $8,400. Yeah. And very similarly, three straight top 25s since the restart. He was... Uh, awesome on approach last week at Travelers. He gained over seven shots. And then I think he went out, I don't have it in front of me, but he shot like a 63 on Sunday, which was tied for the lowest round of the day. Something like that. Like it's, the guy's playing well. This guy's so good. I, I've seen, I, I've had a chance to see him in person a couple times. And w- one, he's really nice. I, I really like the guy. He gave me a little bunker lesson. He was hitting the shots, but he t- kind of told me what he, what he does, which was fascinating. So I have a saw. So I'm, I'm a little careful with Lucas Glover because I'm a fan because I've met him and I don't want to go too Lucas Glover heavy, but if you're going to play him, this is the time to do it. The guy hits it as good as anybody out there. Um, T the green. He is masterful when it comes to ball striking and that benefits you well at every golf course. I mean, I, I was looking, what did Nate Lashley do so well last year? And I was trying to figure that out. Is there something, Everything? is there some secret, <laughs> right? That's kind of the end. Well, he hit it. He gained a lot of strokes approaching the green and he gained a lot of strokes putting and you do both of those things and you're going to do really well. That's the one concern with Lucas Glover. Is he going to have the putter figured out? And I'm not at a point where I can say yes, for sure. But he's definitely a, a very safe play um, in my book in the 8K range. Here's a fun fact. Nate Lashley last year, he gained eight strokes tee to green. And if that wasn't enough, he gained nine putting. Oh, my yeah. God. That's how you what, he's 20, 25 under, I think. Yeah, something That's like how you that. get to 25 under. That's so absurd. Uh, in this range, let's let's do a temperature check on Jason Day. And you know my take is always Jordan Spieth provides so much cover for Jason Day because Jason Day has also not been good. Um, That cut he made last week at the Travelers, he ended up finishing T46, was his first. He he missed four straight cuts before that. Like I I don't know where we're at with him. I really have no idea. It's it's not great. It's not great. We go to a place where the golf course is really, really difficult. Like you go to the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, where the scores typically – don't get crazy low. Like we're seeing, you'll get some weather in there. You'll get some difficult conditions. You'll get some, uh, some thick rough that can present a challenge. Uh, farmer's insurance open another event. He'll, he'll do really well at, but 
he has this weakness in his game, which is his iron play. I, I don't have it in front of me what his ranking is, but he's like a, definitely in the 100s in strokes gained approach the green. Um, greens of regulation, not necessarily very good either. So he's a guy that relies on short game. Last I checked, he was first in strokes gained around the green on the PGA Tour. But when you're playing these events, this swing where they're kind of birdie fest type golf courses, it doesn't bode well. You have to be able to hit your irons really close. You have to be able to hit a lot of really quality iron shots. And his approach game is his weakness. So when guys are going really low, that becomes a challenge for Jason Day, uh, especially on a par 70 golf course. Par 72 this week does benefit him slightly. But man, I mean, I just worry about him. I don't think he's going to be able to go low enough because I don't think his iron play is really in form. I was going to quiz. Don't look, Greg, don't look at the chat. I was going to quiz you. I, we, I have uh, Jason Day's strokes gained approach rank in front of me. What do you think he's ranked this season? Oh, man. Well, I said he's definitely in the 100s. He and definitely I, is. I have a funny feeling. What'd you say? Yeah, I said he definitely is in the 100s. Oh, I was going to say maybe he's in the 200s. I'm going to guess 139. 187. Ah, wow. I think it's gotten worse, that means. It, I think it has too, yeah. Yeah, it's not good. And that's the biggest concern. These weeks, it's so important. Not, not that every winner is going to be a guy who's leading in strokes gain approach, right? It's the most important thing every single week. But I'm not seeing an ability for him to have good iron play weeks. It, every, it seems like every week, he struggles with his iron play, he struggles with his iron play every week. So yeah, I have concerns. And then you add the injury to it, which is probably why Jordan Spieth takes a lot more, um, we'll call it heat. Like you said, he's a great smoke screen for him. Yeah. I, I think we can, we do, we should, we attribute a lot of this um, struggle to injury. And it's definitely a big concern. And it, it Jordan's concerns aren't really injury related they're more physical emotional whatever mental whatever you want to say it is it's not injury and injury gives guys a pass very often and so i, I definitely give uh, jason day a pass but i'm not going to put him in my lineup i meant to mention this uh doc redmond's 45 to 1 via william hill uh which is much shorter than the other guys kind of in the same rate. Like for example, Lucas Glover, 66 to one. So that yeah. is either, that is either meaning that Vegas thinks high, uh, highly or more highly of doc Redmond or doc Redmond's already catching steam early in the week and moving his number from well, something like 66 to 45. Yeah. Well, look, you got one, you have, I mean, doc Redmond's played here once. So is everybody else. There's only one person that's ever beat him at the rocket mortgage classic at, at uh, Detroit golf club. So yeah, it, it's, we talk about what are you looking for in your formula? You're looking for guys who have good course history, guys that have good recent form and guys that maybe have a statistical background. Those are kind of your three buckets. I guess there's a fourth, which is like your extracurriculars, I'll call them, but he's, he's checking all the boxes we have. You mentioned the statistics. It's great. The recent form on the, on the rise. It's great. And the course history is only bested by one player. So I understand why those odds would be sitting where they are. $7,000. It is Brant Snedeker and Brian Harmon at 7,900 all the way down to a gaggle of golfers at 7,000, including Tom Hoagie, Taylor Gooch, Tyler Duncan, and Peter Uline. Would you like me to give you the winner out of this group now? I have another one who I just yeah, love. Let's okay. start with you. Okay, cool. So it's uh, Harold Varner the third. Yeah, I was going to ask you about him. <laughs> okay. He's 66 to one to win this golf tournament. Uh, 
and there's a lot to like. So let me pull this up here. 7,600, uh, fifth in the field last week in strokes gained approach. He gained over seven shots on approach. That is usually a very sticky stat. And what I like about Varner, he's kind of similar to Kevin Na, but he doesn't win where it's like, he might miss a couple of cuts, but then he goes out and he'll be in the final group on Sunday. And we've seen, we've seen what happens at Riviera and we saw what happened. What was the one more recently? PGA championship. At PGA that championship. Black. And then he did one. It was since the restart. Char- I think. Uh, Colonial. Colonial. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Him, him and Berger were out in the final group, but I think he had yeah. already, I think Saturday was, was Varner's bad day. But the more you put yourself in these positions, the better you are for it. So there's going to be a time where he can rely on that scar tissue a little bit that he's built up over the years. And like, like he, he's just much better than the other guys in this field. I know he doesn't have a win yet or not in this field, excuse me, in this, in this range. Yes. Excuse me. And I know he doesn't have a win yet. He's got the one on the European tour. I think he won the Australian PGA. Um, he, he's just like, if you look at the guys around him, Maverick McNeely, Scott Stallings, Joseph Bramlett, Brian Stewart, like Varner's better than those guys. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I would agree. He's a very interesting player. Um, he's starting to round into form as a player. And you mentioned some of those statistics. He's, he's got a really repeatable swing and there's no sign that it's going to go away. So I, I love the Harold Varner pick. I think he's at, at a, a, a point where he's got to prove to himself that he can win on the PGA tour, that he, he already has proved that he can compete with these guys. It's just a matter of getting the job done. And this may be a really good week for it. Um, but a guy who's a, a couple more hundred dollars than Harold Varner, who has my interest is Alex Noren. He's one of, I guess I'll include Varner at three players that I'm really interested in, in this range. Alex Noren is an interesting one to me and he's a little bit off brand because that iron play has been not, not great. Uh, Certainly not great on the PGA tour, but he kind of, he went through this strange year last year. I mean, he was a big part of the Ryder cup team in 2008 in Paris. He was having a great year on the PGA tour. He guys a really good player. And last year he kind of fell off the face of the earth. He was nowhere to be found. Well, yeah, a nice finish at, at the RBC Heritage. I think it was tied 21st. And he was fourth in strokes game putting. And this is where I am where I go with this kind of streaky, uh, great ability, a guy we've seen contend in PGA Tour events before, who I think is kind of on the comeback trail. And I, I do think he's a good risk to take this week. Um, but I'm not sure that he's a, a better fit than Harold Varner. Maybe you get both of these guys on your team. I, I don't, I don't mind that. Who was the, who was the other guy? You had Varner, you had Norn. Yeah. Who was the third guy? Kyle Stanley Ooh. way down there. Kyle Stanley has my interest. Kyle um, Stanley. I, I don't have the number in front of me, but if I lost like a billion strokes putting last week, is that right? Yeah. He struggles. <laughs> he struggles with putting. Yeah. Great ball striker. Great tee to green player. I'm a huge oh, yeah? Kyle Stanley fan from a couple of years ago. It seemed like uh, I just, I had really good luck when I picked him. I really liked watching him. I really liked the golf swing. I like his demeanor. Um, so he, he impresses me as a player. And again, another player, 2018 was a great year for him. 2019, not so much. It, it was a terrible year, but here's what I like about him this week. One, he hits a ton of fairways and I have some, uh, I do have some statistics in front of me, but anyway, 
hits a ton of fairways, hits a ton of greens. He's one of the rare players in the 70-70 club. Hits 70% of his fairways, hits 70% of his greens. Bodes really well for you at a place like this. And I, I think he's close to getting back to uh, a putter that's not ice cold. I'm not saying it's going to be great, but I think he can get a couple putts to go this week. Uh, and, and I'm looking at him as a player who is much better a much better pga tour player than you're seeing with his value right now and has a lot to do with his his play last year and in the early part of this year after the break i think he's found something i think he found some confidence last week um and i think he's gonna have a great week that's interesting uh yeah i was looking through his numbers from last week he really uh didn't put all that well (laughs) yeah but that's kind of on brand um would you okay so i'm kind of considering running running will gordon right back out there uh, he's, he's 7,300, his statistical profile. Uh, he did a lot of work on the greens last week, but I like these guys that listen, this kid's, he's going to have to grind for you. He, he's playing like every shot, every dollar matters to Will Gordon right now. Yeah. I, I, I always liked that for like Jordan Spieth specific. Like when, when I, when I roster Jordan Spieth, I know he's going to give me full effort, every single shot, every single, every single opportunity, he's not going to mail it in at any point. Will Gordon by necessity is, is going to grind this week. And those are the types of guys that I, I really love. I really love rostering. You know, he's going to grind here. Here's the other thing I like about him. Um, the value, it feels like a complete pop-up, right? It, Will Gordon last week contending, shooting the, it feels like a complete fluke. And even though he had a nice finish tied 10th at the RSM and he has two other finishes inside the top 21 this year on the PGA tour, uh, nobody knows his name. So you see that name pop up last week and you're like, who's Will Gordon? Well, he was the 2019 SEC player of the year. He's a, a very, very talented college player who has come up to the PGA tour and played in some events under the most pressure possible. I mean, you can talk about the pressure that there is to win. You can talk about the pressure DJ felt on Sunday, but the pressure Dustin Johnson feels uh, versus the pressure that that Will Gordon was feeling is a completely different story. DJ's established. He's not going anywhere. He's uh, a couple years away from being a lifelong member on the PGA Tour. Will Gordon doesn't have his PGA Tour card yet. And so you're right. He's it, it's a fight. It's a scrap, and um, and that can go a long way. So I I do like playing Will Gordon. I think he's a player undervalued who's had great success on the PGA Tour in the limited times he's played. And there's no reason that's not going to continue. It's not like the the tee to green play was bad. He was chipping in from all over the place, making a ton of putts. Obviously, when you shoot 62 and 64 right. in two of the rounds, you're going to make putts. So uh, you you can't look too much at those strokes game putting numbers and say, well, look at it as a negative. It is a good thing. And I think he's riding on some confidence. I want to get your fades here. Um, w- one guy that I'm super, super concerned about, you know, in the same way that we like, like I like Varner because he gained seven strokes on approach. Brant Snedeker lost six shots on approach last week. That is now the third straight event for him that he's lost at least two and a half on approach. He's lost off the tee in what my quick count looks like 12 of his last 13 starts. It's just like he's the opposite, right? The guy that has to get up and down. He's got to be great around the green. He's got to be hot with the putter. I hate banking on guys like that. Yeah, especially in a week like this. Again, at a U.S. Open, it may 
be a really good thing where even the best ball strikers are, are missing greens and the scores don't get crazy low, but there's no confidence that Brant Snedeker is going to go. Now, look, the guy shot 59 before on the PGA tour. I just think you're looking at a swing. That's not in great form right now. Could he prove us wrong? Absolutely. But I also, I think Brad Snedeker is one of those guys who is a really popular pick. So he's definitely a fade for me because people know that name. He's in commercials. He's won on the PGA tour. He shot 59, like I said, and staying, you know, pivoting off of, uh, off of a Brad Snedeker and going to uh, a Will Gordon, I think he's going to buy you a little bit of, uh, of value. Um, Even going to like a Brendan Grace who I'm not real high on, but in the ownership percentage, it's definitely going to buy you value. I, I look at this range and I'm, I'm going Snedeker. I, I am. I do like Norin. He's the one guy in here. But basically, Snedeker all the way down to Kisner, I'm uh, a fade on with the exception of Norin. And the reason is these are guys that we're familiar with. And Brendan Todd is a guy that went through one of the more heartbreaking rounds I've seen on the PGA Tour. And I'm not ready to play him the very next week. No, I am also not. Uh, Snedeker. Right. Snedeker Sungjae Terrell Hatton in featured group coverage for the first two rounds. That'll be pretty cool. Yeah, I guess Snedeker and Hatton will talk a ton. I don't. I think I've heard Sungjae's not going to say five words in his yeah, whole. Life. It's a good group. It's He's a good said, group. Anytime you got Terrell Hatton in there, it's going to be entertaining. Yeah, let's and get Snedeker was great top. on the mic too. I, I, I mean, he's a likable guy. I just, I'm not sure the golf swing's in great form right now. You could mic this group up, but you'd probably have to have the the bleep button ready for, for yeah. Hatton, I think. But Sneds was Sneds was super good on on mic. Uh, Six thousand dollar range, ho mama. These are listen. Six, this range is tough when you've got uh, 114 PGA Tour wins in the field. Uh, yeah. It's really tough when you got four or five of the top 20 in the field. So I, I'm just going to make this very simple. I, I will probably consider just going back to Lonto Griffin, who almost cashed us that top 20 bet last week. He finished T24. He finished one shot off of it. He's looked now better for five straight rounds. I'm interested in that. Yep. And, and it's a nice safe place to land, right? Listen, there's there's no one safe down here, but I feel more comfortable in Lonto's grasp than I do in the hands of Luke List. Let me tell you that for yeah. free. Um, and then the other guy, and this one's weird. Uh, Wes Bryant. Wes Bryant. Oh, I like it. Sixty five hundred. And if you don't know Wes Bryant's story, so he was really bad at the end of 2018. He missed, he like missed or DQ'd or withdrew from like 10 straight events. He had the injury and now he's playing on a major medical. Um, and he's playing okay. Like, okay, last week at Travelers, I'm pretty sure he led the field in strokes gained approach. Hold on, I'm going to pull it up right now. Yeah, 9.3 shots on approach last week. He ended up finishing T24, which I'll tell you, if you could pencil me in for another T24 this week at 6,500, I'd be thrilled. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be really ugly off the tee. Like the guy, it's it's actually unbelievable. He has gained strokes off the tee in one, two, three, four of his 52 measured events. Four, 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 four. So here's the, so this is the thing. This is the one thing about strokes gain statistics. He's too That short. iron play. What did he finish last week? I, I know First, he was up. Nine no, no, no. A total for the tournament. Oh, T24? T24, right. Yeah. So um, 
to gain that many strokes and finish approaching the green, you almost see you you would think okay, your iron play is going to trump your your off the tee game. If you hit it into trouble, but you hit it close to the flag, well, who cares? It's the next thing down the line. If you hit it far away from the flag and make bomb, okay, well, who cares? You're making really long putts. You're making low scores. So who cares? But when you get yourself into position uh, that's really bad, it's easy to gain strokes gained approach. It doesn't necessarily mean that um, that you're hitting it close to the flag. You can, for instance, gain strokes by missing a green because you're in such a bad spot. So scoring average from 224 in the rough behind a tree might be uh, might be four. And if you punch out to a place where the scoring average is 2.9, you've gained a little bit of ground there. So it can pad your numbers in a way. That gives me a little concern, but I watched him play. I mean, I'm definitely interested in him, in him and I had him circled as well. I just, th- I, I just think you have to take a little concern when you see such bad off the tee numbers and and really good approach the green numbers that can be part of the that can be factored in um but the t24 finish last week as you mentioned rick i i do like and i do like wesley Bryan. he feels like you know coming out of augusta state he was uh, he's a better player than this and the injury has a lot to do with it so i'm uh i'm, I'm definitely in on that before but i want to give me, you a, before you give me yours do you know what uh so his special interests are listed as ping pong and Settlers of Catan. Do you play Settlers of Catan, Greg? I know Jacob no, does. Jacob 1000% does. Okay. Yeah, Jacob. What Jacob, is it? It's, well, I think it's a it's a board game, but you can also play it online. Oh, and okay. And it's like, I don't even know how to describe it, but you have to like source materials and whatever. I don't know. I'm very bad at it, but it is like a very popular game. Yeah, we, uh, See, we yeah. don't have enough time uh, so to get into. Settlers here we go. Jacob's going to tell us what it is. We uh, don't have enough time to get into Settlers of Catan. Right <laughs> but uh, it's a great board game. German style. Uh, look it up. Fun for the family. Jacob probably similar has to, a settler similar stuff to pod. If you want yeah, to check yeah. it out. Similar to Monopoly. Uh, Will, you have to set a rule whenever you play Settlers that just family friendship just doesn't count while you're playing the game. Because oh, okay. you will be mean Good to, to know. each other. An insider tip. Just Not like only in DFS embedding yeah. fantasy today, but uh, also board Life game tips. fantasy. Yes. All right, go ahead with your $6,000 guy. So this is my take on this range. Extremely risky, but I like I, I like this range. There's there's win equity here. Um, Charles Schwartzel's a Masters champion. I wouldn't consider him a lot of win equity here. But but just going through, Tom Lewis is a guy, um, a European player who we don't really hear a lot of, we don't see a lot of. Got his PGA Tour card by winning Corn Ferry Tour Finals last year. Just his agent basically said, I think it'd be it makes sense for you to go play here. Goes plays wins. And in one event, all of a sudden he's got his tour card. So he hasn't had great success on the PGA tour, but he's a, he's won, I think five times on the European tour. So he's a superstar over there. And um, I, I think you could take a risk on him. There's win equity, even though he's only made what two cuts on the PGA tour this year. I like Lonto, like you said, but the other guy, Matthew Wolf to me, if you're going to play him for like, this is a good week to play Matthew Wolf because hey, Matthew Wolf, how much is he? He's 6,800. No, he is not. Yeah, he's 6,800. I love the play on him, right? He's a dominant driver of the golf ball. Way He is probably so far below Victor Hovland. These two guys go out to Victor Hovland's at 10,000. Matthew Wolf's at 68. Now, oh, my gosh. That difference is just, it's huge. And they're 
they're comparable players. Like Matt, a lot of people would argue Matthew Wolf was a better player at Oklahoma state than Victor Hava. There are a lot of arguments against it, but they're, they're kind of neck and neck. These two guys are really good, really comparable. And I give Matthew Wolf win equity. He's going to pop up here and there and he's going to contend and he's going to win. He's got a great temperament about him. He's not afraid when he gets into the moment. So I, I, there's a lot of guys in this range where I don't really worry about like a choke factor. It's just, it's boom or bust. It's trick or treat where you're going to get a guy who can contend and win or miss a cut. But I, I love the the price on Wolf. And that's my number one reason why he's a, he's a big play for me. I legit scrolled past his name like 10 times. I didn't even see, I didn't even see yeah. him there. Wow. He's still there, right? This isn't just Yes, me. no, you are correct. I like triple checked that he is in the field and everything. And yes, he is there. What do you he's, think of Harry Higgs, the- by the way? Um, it's I'm kind of okay with, art. yeah, I'm okay with Harry Higgs. I mean, he's, he's very good off the tee. Um, he's another one of these guys that's just going to kind of be, you know, he's going to be streaky. He's going to be, yeah. he's going to have like five straight top 25s and then he's going to disappear for a couple of weeks. I, I mean, I think he's fine. I, I think he's better. Not than as much win equity as Wolf at the same price. I would certainly agree with that yeah. statement. Um, okay, Greg rocket mortgage. Also, how about this? Do you watch baseball, Greg? I do. Mm. Not now. Well, of course not. No one watches baseball now, but baseball is coming back. Set to return July 23rd. And if you're anything like me, it is time to draft or this is actually the bigger issue. It's time to redraft the team that you drafted back in March. Now, now what do you do? You got to go back. You got to pick new teams over the next two weeks. Scott White, Chris Towers and Frank Stample are previewing each position for fantasy baseball, letting you know who to draft, who to avoid, sleepers, that's important, busts, and much more. When you have a condensed season, there's going to be a lot of strategy here. Our guys have you taken care of, so make sure to check out Fantasy Baseball today. Also, we're going to do, what they're going to do, excuse me, Friday mailbags, where they're going to answer questions about the shortened season which is going to be good because I think that's going to be really important. You got your starting pitchers. Now they're doing innings. I don't know what's going on, but they'll, they'll let you all know. Greg, final word on Rocket Mortgage Classic. Give it to me. Definitely looking forward to it. The final word, embrace the risk. I've been saying it all day long. There's, there's going to be some guys in here that you're a little uncomfortable with. Don't go to that place where you feel like you, you're picking a guy just because you know the name. Um, really, really look into this. And, and it's, not, it, it's a great time to choose uh, some great stories which are out there. So embrace the risk this week. Risk it up. Risk it up. We'll still have daily recaps each and every round moving forward. And don't forget, golf will be back on the airwaves this weekend on CBS. Uh, the whole gang's coming at you for a preview pot. We'll do a little matchups. We'll do some more outrights, maybe a little prop bet action sprinkled in let me thank greg ducharme for joining me today you can find him on twitter at the real gfd you can find me on twitter at rick run good this has been the first cup podcast and we'll talk to you next time You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. 
reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.